RNZ News at Midday. Good afternoon, I'm Nicola Wright. Nationals leader Christopher Luxon is defending the party's candidate selection process and says its law and order credentials have not been damaged by current and past incidents involving MPs. Tauranga MP Sam Uffendell was stood down from Nationals Caucus last night after RNZ revealed allegations of aggressive and bullying behaviour from a former flatmate. Here's our political reporter Katie Scotcher. The former flatmate who lived with Mr Uffendell in 2003 told RNZ she moved out after an incident where he pounded on her bedroom door shouting obscenities. Mr Uffendell denies the claims he behaved in such a way but says there was a falling out between flatmates. Mr Luxon says National is taking the allegations really seriously and has ordered they be investigated by Maria Dew QC. The situation surrounding Mr Uffendell is the latest National Party candidate selection blunder, but Mr Luxon says he has been working hard to improve National's culture and selection processes since becoming leader. The National Party president says the allegations against Sam Uffendell show the party's candidate selection process could be further improved. Sylvia Wood, who was elected president at the weekend, says the party's looking at how best to achieve that. Meanwhile, a former King's College chaplain says bullying and violence has never been accepted by senior school leadership. Mr Uffendell has admitted that as a teenager at the school, he assaulted a younger boy. Reverend Warner Wilder, who was there between 1989 and 2016, says teenagers make mistakes, but violent incidents are uncommon. There was a very strong culture with regards to, you know, caring for one another, and it was made quite clear to parents and students that any sort of harassment was would not be tolerated and uh, Sam found that out. The school asked Mr Uffendell to leave after the incident. A woman was shot with an air gun in front of her eight-year-old daughter in Mount Roskill last night. She was taken to hospital early this morning but has since returned home. A witness to the incident who wished to remain anonymous also had young children in her home. She says loud screaming was followed by sounds of gunfire. You know, I'm scared to go, to go outside to take the, um, her daughter because her daughter sometimes is stay with me. You know, it's horrible. Yesterday, horrible. The witness says her family's still shaken and afraid to go outside. Financial market turbulence has wiped $5 billion from the value of KiwiSaver funds in the past three months. The investment research firm Morningstar says slowing global growth, high inflation and the war in Ukraine are taking their toll. Here's our business reporter Anand Zaki. A survey by Morningstar shows the value of assets fell to just under $83 billion in the three months ended June, down from $87.7 billion in the previous quarter. The smallest value drops were for conservative funds and the largest for aggressive funds. Morningstar's Asia-Pacific director, Tim Murphy, says KiwiSaver returns should be looked at over the long term. He says all types of funds have shown positive gains over the past three to ten years. The country's fourth biggest bank has posted a record annual profit despite a slowing housing market. ASB has reported a net profit of $1.47 billion for the year ended June, up 11% on the year before. The improvement was driven by growth in lending and deposits and a fall in the cost of doing business. Ukraine's president is calling on Western countries to ban all Russian tourists. 
Moscow has responded with scorn, saying any attempts to isolate Russians is a process with no prospects. World Watch's Perlina Lau reports. Russians should live in their own world until they change their philosophy, according to Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky. He argues a ban would be more effective than current sanctions. Russians can still get EU and US visas. Finland and Latvia have backed restrictions on Russian visitors. Estonia's Prime Minister says visiting Europe is a privilege and not a human right. Despite sanctions on Russian airlines and officials linked to the Kremlin, Russian tourists are still welcome in holiday destinations such as Egypt, Turkey and the United Arab Emirates. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has killed thousands and forced millions to flee abroad to Poland and other nearby EU countries. Works underway in the Wellington region to clear big slips that have blocked roads and damaged residential properties. A Wellington City Council spokesperson, Richard McLean, says engineers are at a slip that happened overnight, completely blocking Woodhouse Avenue in Karori. There's no indication at the moment that uh, anyone is going to have to be evacuated from above that landslide. Uh, So we are getting on with the job of clearing it and making safe some uh, water and sewage pipes that are uh, in the slip. Mr McLean says work's also continuing to clear Monday's major slip on the terrace in the central city, where two houses are still evacuated. Meanwhile, urgent efforts are underway to clear fallen trees blocking Seatoon Tunnel and the Paikakariki Hill Road near the Grays Road intersection. It's five minutes past twelve. The government is making it easier for teenagers to get NCEA qualifications this year. It says COVID-19 has disrupted learning at many schools. Our education correspondent, John Gerritsen, reports. Principals have been urging the government to make changes to the national school qualification as soon as possible. Today, the government announced that schools will again be allowed to award extra credits called learning recognition credits. Students can receive one extra credit for every five they achieve during the year, up to a maximum of eight at levels two and three and ten at level one. It has also lowered the threshold for university entrance. Instead of 14 credits in three different approved subjects, students can get UE with 14 credits in two subjects and 12 in a third. Immigration New Zealand is speeding up the new work visa system after facing mounting criticism and frustration from employers. Only 21 visas have been issued since accredited employer work applications opened more than five weeks ago. Jill Bonnet reports. Immigration New Zealand has set up a dedicated phone line for businesses. It's also calling employers directly for information they need to change or add to the job check part of the three-stage application. Three out of five job checks have not been completed since they opened in June. Companies have filed more than 4,000 job checks to fill almost 30,000 vacancies. An immigration lawyer, Nick Mason, says employers had fewer dealings with officials under the old work visa system and the level of bureaucracy and a confusing online platform have come as a surprise. UN investigators say evidence is growing of crimes against humanity in Myanmar since the army seized power in a coup last year. In a new report, they say women and children are being targeted. Here's the BBC's Simon Ponsford. The UN investigators list a series of crimes committed in Myanmar, including murder, torture and sexual violence. 
They say the scale and manner of the abuse represents a systematic attack on a civilian population. The UN says it's vital that the perpetrators should not be able to act with impunity and the evidence will allow their crimes to be prosecuted internationally. Since toppling the democratically elected government 18 months ago, the Burmese military has brutally crushed opposition. Local monitoring groups say more than 2,000 people have been killed and 15,000 arrested. Britain's weather service has issued an extreme heat warning for parts of England and Wales. With no respite in sight from hot, dry conditions that have sparked fires and broken temperature records. Temperatures are expected to peak at 35 degrees on Friday and may hit 36 in some places on Saturday. Last month's heat wave caused power cuts, damaged airport runways, buckled rail tracks and ignited dozens of fires in London, where the fire brigade faced its busiest week since the Second World War. The Japanese fashion designer Ise Miyake, whose innovative collections earned global acclaim, has died of cancer. He was 84. The BBC's Phoebe Hobson reports. The pioneer of practicality, the designer Izimiyaki wanted his clothes to allow freedom of movement. He was forward-thinking, and in the 1980s, he developed a new way of pleating that meant garments would hold their shape. Many of his designs don't need ironing and could just be chucked straight into the washing machine. But perhaps his most famous global design was the signature black turtleneck most famously worn by Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple. Born in Hiroshima in 1938, Miyake was just seven years old when the city was devastated by an atomic bomb dropped by the United States. It was something he was reluctant to speak about, telling the New York Times in 2009 that he did not want to be labelled as the designer who survived the bomb. That's the news.